Joe. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We've been friends for over a decade, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, Mike. Just like the rising sun, you can always depend on us every single week to come in and catch up with each other. How are you, Mike Lawson? It's only been a week. So good. (laughs) Should we talk about that elephant in the room? Hey, listen, I've been losing weight. I've lost like 30 pounds since the beginning of the year. I don't like that name for me. We haven't recorded in like a month, I would say. Has it really been that long? Well, it's four weeks. Wouldn't you say it's been about a month? I don't know. Yeah, it's been. And then even it had been a while even before that. It was like a one episode and it had been like two or three weeks before. It's been like one episode in like six weeks. But we're back, and we're, we're not going to dwell on that. We're just going to talk about stuff and catch up. And Well, so much has happened, Mike Lawson, that it's it's insane. A lot has happened for me, too. I've, well, I I guess that's exactly why we haven't recorded in a month, though, right? Like, we've been doing things. Well, that... also, this Fakakta RuPaul's Drag Race uh, takes up so much of my life, and I, it's awful. I'm so glad it's over. I love the show, but I'm so glad it's over. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear kind of your take on how that RuPaul stuff has kind of fallen. Uh, but I guess I had to listen to some other show to do that. <laughs> what do you mean? We can talk. Do you think people on the show are interested in my thoughts on RuPaul's Drag Race? Well, just give me the name of who you'd like to win from the top three. Oh, that's tricky. Honestly, and I said this going into the top four, any of those people could have been top three and I would have been fine. Yeah. So, agreed. I mean, look – I, the best thing I could say is if Naomi won, I'd be very shocked and probably a little disappointed. But if Kim Chi wins, I'm super happy. And if Bob wins, I'm super happy. Okay. Oh, little I'm... gossip, though. So, you know, the Drag Race finale taping is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is Tuesday the... May 10th. May 10th. And I um, was, you know, now I, I, we're going to get into this, but I live somewhere new now. And uh, I was on Scruff this morning, as one does. Of course you were. And I was like, you know, on Scruff lets you change, not your location, but where you look for guys, you know, mm-hmm. on a search function. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the Orpheum Theater where the show's being taped and I'm going to tomorrow and see if there's any of the drag queens, you know, on, on Scruff. Sure mm-hmm. enough, this uh, Bob the drag queen was on Scruff. I was tempted okay. to message her, but I didn't. Just to say hey? Like, hey, well, queen. You want to hook up with a fat Mexican? Fat 42-year-old Mex... I'm almost 42, but fat 41-year... I might as well say 41 as long as I can. Yeah, fat 41-year-old Mexican? I'm uh, for sure... My money's on kimchi, but I totally would be fine if Bob won. Bob is probably my favorite, but I would guess kimchi, I think, might win. Kimchi's different than any other drag queen, but I feel like Bob has like a a similar vibe to like a Bianca. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. You can find us every single week. <laughs> Do you listen so to the up? show? Do you listen to our no, show? No, I don't. Yeah. No. I wonder why. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what's up with you? Well. You moved. Is that a story you want? Or you're telling them in order? I tell my stories in chronological order. I know that really oh, upsets sh- you. 
Huh? Should we actually mention to people we're going to do two episodes this week? We are going to do two episodes this week. That should make up for the six weeks we were missing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> is it sad that I'm barely trying to scrape together? So, wow, God, can I get four stories together? <laughs> Me too. You know what? I'm and- sure crazy stuff has happened, but I've just been six weeks, so I've forgotten. Right. But it's also like, what good is it to tell you like, oh, I had a really awful dinner six weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean like it just doesn't have as much power? Hey, Mike, remember when Rick Santorum was in the race? Ugh, what a yeah. night. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I think we talked about on the show, and everybody was looking forward to, I've gotten a lot of text messages about this, was that my boyfriend Cameron and I were going to Joshua Tree National Park oh, yeah. for a little vacay. Camping, hiking, that sort of thing? Camping, hiking, and now, that sort of thing. In my head, I was thinking like, oh, what's Joe going to do to get out of this? Oh, so uh, oh. how'd it go? How'd it go? Okay. Well, there was a little <laughs> bit of a joke trying to get out of it. So I started having like – it's so funny. I wasn't going to tell what the story. Of, what kind of illness is Joe going to fake? You know what? I might actually have to switch around stories. This might be the first story now. This is going to be the okay. first story now. I'm, I'm moving things around. J-Tree is going to be the second story. Okay. So the Friday before J-Tree, okay – is I, the whole week that per, leading up to this Friday, I am so nervous. I'm so like I'm like having panic attacks at night. I'm uh, I'm not my stomach's hurting. Um, it's it's awful. I just feel yeah. really really awful because you're you're having anxiety over camping or anxiety hiking over or camping and hiking and keeping uh, all this just like also like yeah. pooping in a in a place in a campground oh yeah oh this so- is what you get for dating skinny skinny men though yeah because skinny white boys yeah i same thing uh steve who's like more physically fit than i am he's like you should get another bike mike and i'm like uh yeah i should <laughs> wait here's and the deal why i'm like nervous i've met steve yeah that was a really good impression oh was it <laughs> yeah you actually sounded just like him that's kind of how he would say it yeah. So, uh, so I was getting really, really nervous. So, to, in my head, you know, there's there's evil Joe, the little devil Joey Boohecker on my shoulder, going, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's like, "This Cameron's a piece of shit. You need to break up with him for no good reason, by the way. Right? No good reason. But it was, I think, it was my anxiety about uh, going to Joshua Tree. Making him like you know one of the things I like admire about Cameron is that he and this is going to be the theme for today's episode is he forces me to um, uh, face my insecurities and open myself up and be more open. Good. Okay? And so I think that was making me nervous, and so I built up this fake thing. So I was like, well, I need to break up with him. Yeah. Right. And he was working. He was working on Friday night, and so I drove over to Newport Beach where he was but working. I- I've also seen it kind of flip and flop. You're like, I need to break up with him. Or you're like, ugh, he's going to break up with me. He hates me. He thinks I'm the worst person on the planet. By the way, neither of those – Yeah, even when he – he's never even threatened to break up with me. Yeah. Ever. Oh, look at the way he held the door open for me. Yeah, I know. He I know. wants Mike, me dead. I, I'm acknowledging that I am a crazy person. Okay, good. I'm acknowledging – I'm going to see therapy. I'm going to seek therapy because I'm such a crazy person. So now I'm like, okay. I'm going to break up with him because you know what? This is not working. So I so I text him like, hey, you need to meet me at this like, Mike, I'm so fucking dramatic. I'm so dramatic. I, I say, you need, to, you need to meet me at this. There's this park in Newport Beach that overlooks all of Newport. Mm-hmm. I go, after work, go over there and meet me. I need to talk to you. Yeah. 
So he shows up. I see his car pull up, but I like intentionally just look out at the ocean. <laughs> you know, like I see him out of the corner of my eye, but I'm like, I'm just gonna pretend like I'm just uh-huh. sitting here looking out at the ocean, right? <laughs> There's like backlighting. He's he walks up. He's like, who brought in these lights? And why like, is there a fog are- machine? <laughs> and I go, uh, Cameron, I need to talk to you. And he goes, What's up, babe? I go. I need to break up with you. And he was like, why? And I was just like, and I gave him this whole, I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to entertain the stupidity of why I wanted to break up with him. But just say it was stupidity. Yeah. And he was like, like if really upset. If you did upset. that on every story, they'd all be shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be another six weeks. All right, great. <laughs> so uh, I, um, so I, I, I go, we talked for like an hour and a half, and actually, in the middle of the hour and a half, it looked like we were not going to break up, you know? Okay. And I was like, oh my God, I was like so happy. And then all of a sudden, it took a turn where he was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. And I was like, what? And yeah. he was like, yeah, I mean, maybe I do need, maybe I need time to find out who I am. And uh, I guess we're broken up. And I was like, oh, my God. Somebody and, called my bluff. Yeah. And, well, we broke up. But actually, but I didn't feel it, right? So we break up and we part ways. And I call my friend Adam Vaught. And I'm like, you know what? I feel pretty good. I feel like a huge relief. I, I think that was the right idea. And he was like, okay. Well, as long as you feel good about it. I'm like, I feel really good about it. And all the way home, I felt really good about it. And then I get home and my head hits the pillow. Like, literally, I'm like so tired. And my because it's like one thirty in the morning, and my head hits the pillow, and I'm like, "What the? F-? That's the that's the problem with the devil, Joey Boohecker, is that he goes like, you need a fucking break up with him.' And then I put my head in the pillow. What a fucking idiot! You fell for that. You what? A, you just gave away the best thing ever in your life. You fucking asshole. And I was like, what? I like literally shot up. What the fuck did I just do? What did I just do? I shot up like in bed, and then I could not go to sleep could not go to sleep this is the friday before joshua tree mm-hmm. and i just paced the floor for like three or four hours and finally at five in the morning i realized because oh here's the deal we both had very busy weekends he had to work the whole weekend i had you know he had to work and i had to go to the magic castle swamp meet <laughs> at uh 7 a.m right mm-hmm. So And then I had, like, my father's retirement part. It was like my weekend was really, really booked. So I said, the only moment I have to do this is right now. And I got in my car at 4.30 in the morning and Ugh. drove to Newport Beach. Ugh. I didn't listen to music. I just drove like a mad person, right? Uh-huh. I speed over to his house, right? Yeah. With the, the urgency of, like, deleting a... Dick pick from your brother's phone with my, that much urgency. That same urgency, yes. That same uh-huh. urgency. I rush over and I knock and knock and knock on his door and I'm ringing the doorbell, ringing the doorbell. No response. Right? Yeah. If this was a romantic comedy, he would come to the door in a robe, but there would be like another person in the bed behind oh, him. Oh, that would have fucking broken my heart. Like, so then, hey, Cameron, who's here? Uh, so then I go, you know what? So Cameron's house is like on the cliffs overlooking Newport Beach. So I went on a walk around the cliffs for like half an hour. And then I came back and I like rang the doorbell, knocked on the door. And there's like a little side window. So finally I knock on the side window and that's really loud. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the door and he's like, 
like super like asleep and he's confused. He's like, what, what's going on? And I go, listen. And I give this whole speech, right? <laughs> this whole speech. And I thought it in my head, I don't even remember what I said, but this whole fucking speech. And I end it. And I go like, can I come inside? And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah. Come inside. And so he, we, we walk inside and he goes, can I get you some water? And I go, yes. And he gives me some water and I, I go, okay, look, I don't even drink the water. I'm like, okay, look. And I continue the speech. Like, this isn't us. You know, we don't do this. We don't break up over this. I'm so retarded. And I give this, like, it's so beautiful, the speech I'm giving. I wish I could remember it, right? And I go, mm-hmm. and this is why we, I, I need you. I love you. Don't, like, we can't do this. This isn't us. And there's a long pause. And he goes, honestly? Now, it was probably only like a half a second. But in my head, it was like super long. But he goes, honestly? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been happier in my entire life. And I was like, oh my God, yes, it worked. And we were just so in love and so boyfriendy that morning and like holding hands and and sitting outside and and looking at the sunrise. (laughs) And it was beautiful and it was wonderful. Has it been good since then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been little ups and downs, but uh, but for the but for the most part, yeah, it's been good. And and what and the thing is, when I was sitting there though, he was like. We were, he put on some music that he thought would fit the mood, and we were sitting there looking at the sunset, and I mean, I'm sorry, sunrise, and the whole time he's like, and we get to go to Joshua Tree, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and that's story oh, right, number one. Right, right. What's going on with you? Uh, what is, I mean, so I have a story I wanted to tell when it was happening. I was like, oh, this will be, de- I would like to hear Joe's take on this, so I'm reaching back, because this is like, Months ago, this happened ago. Be- before we stopped recording, right? Um, as you know, uh, because I've talked on it, talked about it on here before. I'm a fan of this comedian named Jamie Kilstein mm-hmm. and Christina Hill, who's friend of the show, Christina Hill, who's also on a podcast called Greetings from Nowhere, yeah. introduced me to him. And last summer, the story I told was Steve and I went with a group of uh, podcast friends to see Jamie Kilstein in San Francisco. And the story I told was how he's like really like um, – he's a really progressive, but he talks a lot about like atheism and veganism and stuff. And yeah. um, it was kind of uncomfortable watching my Christian boyfriend kind of squirm in the seat a little bit. But um, By the way, my Christian boyfriend was the name of my uh, high school rock band. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, and they were really good. Well, yeah. Wait. What was that one song they were really good known for though? There was like the one that was like on the radio and stuff. We got nailed. Oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so a few months ago, um, Jamie Kilstein uh, says he's going to do a show up here again in Mill Valley. And if you're familiar with the Bay Area, Mill Valley is kind of like it's actually close to where friend of the show Adam Vaught used to live. Up in yes. Sausalito, it's like it sure north is. of San Francisco, right? Um, it's where all like so, the malls are and stuff. I used to go that when I would stay with Adam Vaughn. It's where I go to go like to like the Costco and stuff. Yeah, and it's also kind of on the more conservative side. I would say it's pretty white for the Bay Area, right? Wow, <laughs> the Bay yeah. Area is pretty white. Yeah, I will. I feel like San Francisco is pretty diverse. It's when you get out of the actual city, it's where. You're going to the the wider areas, yeah, I would say. Sure. Um, so Christina emails. She says she's going to get tickets. Steve and I should get tickets too. 
And I'm like, oh, Steve didn't love it the first time. Mm-hmm. So I actually just bought a ticket for myself and said I would join solo. And I don't think I even invited Steve because I knew what the answer would be. That it would be one Why of two things. Why don't you buy another bike? Well, <laughs> answer number one would or option number one. He would say like, "Yeah, I'll go," and he would just be friendly about it. Or two, he would say no. Right. So I'm like, yeah. mm, he doesn't want to go, so I'm not going to make him. So cut to that Saturday. Um, uh, Christina picks me up, and we go to this vegan Indian place, or this Indian place that has vegan food because she has a vegan friend that's with us. Um, and then the show – that was in the city in San Francisco. And then we had to drive to the theater in Mill Valley. The show starts at 8, right? Sure. And – we're like eating and I swear to God, we were done eating at like seven thirty and we still have to drive over the Golden Gate into yeah. Mill Valley. I'm like, fuck this. Like that's pushing it at Sausalito. Walking into a theater late, let alone oh a stand up a stand up show. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, look at these guys. Glad you guys can make it. Yeah. I was like nervous. I also wasn't in any control because I couldn't drive faster because Christina was driving. I couldn't say, mm, let's skip it and go another time or something because I'm, I'm in the car. Like we're going. Okay. Yeah. But luckily we pulled up at 7.53. That's when we parked and the show started a little bit late. It actually turned out to be no big deal. Uh, but we're sitting in the val- in the theater in Mill Valley, right? Sure. You're, you're familiar with Sausalito so you can attest. Yeah. Pretty white. Pretty wealthy, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, Jamie Kilstein's sort of kind of pro- like a progressive. He talks about like um, – oh, he actually sings now. He's doing like – he has a band and stuff. But he talked a lot about gun control, like gay rights, trans rights, mm-hmm. wage inequality, all of this, right? And we're sitting there and directly in front of us is a couple, a man and a woman. And I would say he – the man was like 60 maybe and the woman looked maybe 40 but – that could be plastic surgery or something white. And the guy is like, you already know him. He's like in a Hawaiian shirt. He's wearing jeans that he's had for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that they maybe had season tickets to this little theater. Or something. Yeah. Cause that was going to be my question. Like, why would they go see this person? If yeah. they like, they have to know something about him or in my head, I'm thinking season tickets. If that's not a thing at this theater, I don't know if it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just go and see everything that's there because yeah. it's this, the one little theater. Oh, look, honey, no it's Valley. a comedian. We like jokes. Yeah. Um, this is the little theater. Robin Williams was actually really – this was like his place where he would go and do try out stand-up a lot. Oh, you know what? I think Shannon's done comedy there. Yeah, it's a really cool little place. It's known for getting you know some good comedians that come through. Um, it's not in San Francisco, so the crowd is kind of like usually pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it was fun. Uh, but I'm noticing this group, this um, man and woman in front of me, kind of feeling uncomfortable. And I think that it first stood out to me when Jamie sang a song that was called uh, "Kill the Rich." <laughs> yeah, why would that make them uncomfortable? <laughs> the the man in front of me crossed his arms and like I could see him exhale. He's like. Ugh. And, like, his shoulders would, like, rise and fall after each punchline. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't even, like, it wasn't, like, ha-ha-ha shoulders. It was, like, <sighs> Yeah. And I only saw the woman laugh one time the entire show. I'm not saying in the one song. The entire show, Jamie made some joke about Friday Night Lights. And mm-hmm. I saw her, like, kind of smile and look at the husband. It's other true. Other than that, 
Other than that, they sat stone faced the entire time. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot then, like about your reaction when I tell stories. Sighing and no laughing. So after the you show, see? everyone <laughs> There you go. Everyone stands up and applauses normal kind of after the show things, right? Sure. And this couple, without talking, the man stood up, walked out, the woman stands up and follows him, you know? Mm-hmm. Fuck the encore. They're like, mm-hmm, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it was that was pretty much it. It was great, though. But I just don't know. Like, sitting there, each song, I'm like, oh, my God, this song's about gun control, and I know he has a gun. And I kept thinking, like, why are they still sitting here? Because you brought it up. Like, what made them want to see this show? And I think there's a logical explanation for that. Maybe they just saw comedian he must be funny well honey i thought he would agree with us his name is kill steen i thought he'd be an anti-jew comedian <laughs> so i'm never I, listening to you again i can understand what got them there but i don't understand what kept them there like they were so unhappy through the whole thing yeah um but it was a it was a good time uh and that was i mean a month or so ago but it was a good time Hmm. Um, were you? How nervous were you on the way over there? But what were you gonna do if if, if you got like if it was like eight know. ten? What would you have done? I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. I do know. I mean, Christina's not. She doesn't love walking into theaters late either. We've talked about that in the past. Mm. However, however, I think, I think Christina likes to make a scene. I think she does like it. No, I don't think she would have walked into a theater late. But it's such a hard thing because this isn't like oh we missed the. 8 p.m. viewing of Civil War Captain America. Let's go to the 8:15 viewing. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a the one time for the show, and he's not coming back here for a while. So yeah, it would have been weird. I don't know what would have happened. I would have definitely been telling a different story. I think if the show had already started. But hmm. there was also a heckler, which was really weird. Uh, oh, which Jamie, is weird because theaters usually don't have hecklers. Jamie Kilstein. Uh, does a podcast called Citizen Radio, which I listen mm-hmm. to pretty regularly. Sure. And on it, he talks a lot about like insecurities and stuff. And like he's doing music now, and there's a bunch of insecurities that are around that. So he's playing, and while he's playing the guitar, uh, one of his guitar strings uh, breaks. Mm-hmm. And this is like right towards the end of the show. So he's like, you know what? This song used to be a rant, so I'm just going to do it as a rant. I don't need the guitar. And yeah. then someone in the back of the theater. Mind you, probably doesn't know that he has insecurities about not being a musician and only being loved for comedy. Mm -hmm. So someone in the back is like, you're better without the guitar. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it was so uncomfortable and weird. So weird. And what did he say? He was like, "Uh, uh, excuse me? And the guy said it again. And um, then... the he the heckler tried to kind of explain what he meant. He was like, "I just tr- have trouble understanding you when you have the guitar." In a, in a conversation with him, kind of, yeah. Oh. And so Jamie from the stage, he's like, "Oh, this is about you, not about me." Oh. <laughs> and so it kind of got um, taken care of that way. But what do you have another story for me? Oh, I, I sure like do, Mike Lawson. We're doing two episodes this week. I want to know all the stories right now. But I, I know because I was actually coming? thinking of stories. I'm like, oh, I didn't tell that. I'm not, I don't have that story on the list about uh, – you know, I've, I've been hanging out a lot with the Johns. So that's not the story, but I have so many stories about just the Johns, you know, oh. mm-hmm. who, by the way, uh, John Paul – I'm just going to say their names now. John okay. Paul started listening to the show oh. and uh, 
He's always listened to the show, but he's taken a hi- hiatus, and now I've been getting reports on what I get wrong and right in the show. Oh, good. But by the way, they're not that wrong. He's all like, you exaggerate. And I was like, oh, what did I say? Well, you said that uh, I wore red shoes, and they were uh, like like a really light brown. And I'm like, that's not really <laughs> You said we had millions of action figures, but we only have 331,224. Yeah. Is that a million? <laughs> Uh, so, but let's, let's, let's actually continue the Cameron story with J tree, with Joshua tree. So now we're back together. We're stronger than ever. And it's time to go to Joshua tree. (laughs) That sounded like song lyrics. They (laughs) rhymed. Did you know that it rhymed? No. What did I say? We're back together. Stronger than ever. Ready to go to Joshua tree. (laughs) Yeah. it's It's a folk song. I'm writing. Okay. And uh, so we go to Joshua Tree. I mean, we, we my brother lent us his truck. He lent us basically all their equipment. We bought firewood. It was a whole thing. We stopped for lunch. We drove out there. Oh, my God. And the first day there was we set up camp. And this, so the campground itself wasn't actually in Joshua Tree. That's what's okay. so funny. In my head, so this sort of relieved a little of my anxiety, and this is important to the story. In my head... Uh, the campground was in Joshua Tree, and I would be isolated from all of humanity, which really, really – I found that was a, a big insecurity of mine, anxiety of mine. Okay. No, Mike Lawson, the campground was – so the campground was off a main highway, about five miles off a main highway. Mike, at at the bottom of the of the road that hit the main highway was a fucking Walmart uh, and an urgent care center. Like, it, How it, would w- you know there's an urgent care oh, center? Oh, we'll get to that, Mike Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like a gigantic Walmart and a Starbucks and a Jack in the Box. And we stopped at Stater Brothers right at the campground. Like there was uh, everything your heart could desire was at the a Best Western, which I would have rather stayed at. Right. But um, but the campground is five miles from there. That's where we were staying. So to, okay. to get to Joshua Tree, you had to go down to that main road, go down, drive down the main road, and then go another five miles into Joshua Tree. Okay. okay. And so we did it the first day. We went on this beautiful one-mile hike. It's probably actually the best hike in Joshua Tree called Hidden Valley. And that's actually one of the things I learned, as we'll learn, is the best hikes at Joshua Tree are the short, easy ones. Right? Okay. But we do that Tuesday. We have a great night Tuesday. We cook a campfire dinner. It's a great night. Okay? okay. Look at look at the stars. Okay. In the morning, we get up and we go to Starbucks because that's what camping's all about. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting at this Starbucks and uh, planning our day. And Cameron says, <clears throat> I, I want to go on this lost uh, mine hike or something like lost horse mine or something hike. And I go, all right. And then he goes, I want to do this. Other, these two, we're going to do three hikes today, a long one and two short ones. And I go, all right. I go, how long is the long one? Uh, two miles there, two miles back, four miles. Not so bad. And I go, all right, all right. And he goes, and the, uh, the elevation's not that bad. I think it'll be fine. I'm like, okay. Mike Lawson, this hike, I think it was all uphill, <laughs> right? Both ways. That's why I said it was. The, it's the only hike where the, on the way there was uphill and the way back was uphill. I don't know how they did it, right? <laughs> and uh, so on the way there... So I, I don't know. I didn't plan correctly. I literally had like a uh, like a liquor store sized bottle of water with me. That was that was my water. Meanwhile, Cameron had one of those camelbacks. Is that what they're called? The one that's yeah. like strapped to his body. 
Yeah. Of water. And a straw come out and then he goes into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we hike there. I'm actually okay on the way there. Look, I'm not in the best shape, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm okay on the way there. It feels like my blood sugar is getting kind of low on the way over there, and I'm feeling kind of dizzy, but it's, it's okay, right? Okay. I'm slowing down, but I'm okay. So we go to this dumb mine, and it, it, look, it's, it's fine. The mine is fine. Um, but uh, we get there. Now it's time to go back. And Cameron, I, look, I was really, I was starting to peter out. When we got to the mine, I was like, this is really hard, right? Because there was a lot of uphill going to this mine, okay? Okay. But Cameron says, look, here's the good – and I will say Cameron on the way over there was amazing because, you know, he could obviously walk a lot faster than I would. So he would, like, keep up with me and make sure I was doing okay and, like, he was being a good coach, you know, a a good – like, come on, you can do this kind of guy, right? Right. We get to the mine and I'm all, it's, it's, it's pretty and there's a pretty view and that's great, right? And he goes, and look, it's all downhill on the way back. And I'm, to be honest, for the most part, it was all downhill. Okay. Yeah. Except when we get halfway back. So one mile back, there is one hill that's like super steep up. I don't know what happened on this hill, but when I climbed that hill, I lost all energy. I started getting dizzy. Mm-hmm. And then that's the panic attack started to think, I'm like, what if I faint here? I mean, literally, because I'm so, we're so isolated here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the way back, I'm just, I, I can barely walk. Even Cameron, when he tells, Cameron actually tells this story better than I do, because it's funny coming from his perspective. But like, uh, I, I, I slow to a crawl. Like, I, at like the last half mile, or I think, I, I could barely walk, right? Wow. Uh-huh. Like, I was out of it. And I was dizzy. And we get in the car and he's like, you know what? You better – we had more water in the car. He was drink some water and, I, and it was – Were it you was, like seeing stars or anything? Didn't see stars, but I was like really, really nauseated. My felt very lightheaded. And I was like – I didn't want to drink water. So I didn't feel mm. thirsty. I didn't feel thirsty at all. I didn't want – the thought of water was making me want to throw up. The thought of food was making me want to throw up. Yeah, but we had we had some sandwiches we had bought. He's like, please, please have some sandwich. And it was weird. I would eat a sandwich, right? And then like not a whole sandwich. He'd like three or four bites, and I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. All right, let's do this. And then like two minutes later, I'd be like back to where I was, and that happened to go up and down, right? So of course he's like, well, let's go to the other hike. It's only really short, and I was like, I I can't. So I sat in the car while he did like this point three mile hike. I couldn't even do point three. I couldn't get out of the car. Yeah. And he go, I, I go, I think. I think we better leave. He goes, okay, all right. So we leave, and I go, I think, I think my blood sugar is super, super, super low because I was feeling kind of shaky. Yeah. So I go, let me stop at the Walmart and buy like a blood sugar tester. So I go to this Walmart because right there, mm-hmm. and I buy a blood sugar tester, and but my blood sugar is really high. Actually, it's like when about when about did you call me? Did that oh, that's not till night. No, no, it's night. So okay. much happens in between then. Okay. So I, I check my blood sugar, and it's 145. Okay. Right? I'm like, oh, my God, that's actually high. And I haven't eaten. I go, yeah. you know what? I think I need to go to the urgent care. And he got kind of, I will say this, he got kind of mad. He's like, you don't need to go to the urgent care. You're dehydrated, and you have heat exhaustion. You just need to go back to the campground, drink some water, and rest. Yeah. And I go, no, I, I want to go to the urgent care. And so I drop him off at the campground. He's so mad. He won't even talk to me, right? And I drive to the urgent care, which is, I don't know why, it's the bottom of the road, right? Right. 
Go to the urgent care. By the way, this urgent care was so not ghetto, like weird, hokey, old town. Like the doctor looked like a, like a character out of like like if this character was in like a TV show, you would not believe it. Like you know, like balding, but the hair standing up, and his glasses are crooked. And he's like, "Hello," you know, like that. <laughs> he's also the sheriff. Yeah, he's also the. Sh- <laughs> oh, yes, that's what he looked like, Mike. Uh-huh. He looked like that I Love Lucy character, right? Yeah, and he goes, he goes, "Let me test your blood sugar," and then the blood sugar. You know, was still in the 140s. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hmm. And then he goes, um, well, he checked me out, did the whole thing. He goes, I, you have heat exhaustion and you have, you're dehydrated. I tell him I've been having a lot of panic attacks. He goes, let me give you some Xanax. <laughs> Immediately wrote me a prescription for Xanax, right? Uh-huh. So. God bless America. So I go, so I leave and he goes, I just suggest you rest and drink water. And, uh. Here's some Xanax. So I go and drop off the Xanax prescription. They tell me it's, I took drop it off at Rite Aid. This is going to be three hours, right? Mm, okay. Yeah. So I go to the Rite Aid, drop That'll it off. That'll give you a panic attack. I know. It really <laughs> Well, hold on. So I drive back to the campground. When I get back to the campground, Cameron feels so bad. As soon as I get out of the car, he goes, I'm so sorry. And he like, I shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. Um, And... We sit down and we're chilling and we're talking. I go, yeah. He tell him what happened, what the doctor said. And I go, he says I'm dehydrated and and uh, he exhausted. And he goes, yeah. And we're sitting down. And he goes, yeah. I noticed you haven't you haven't peed the entire time we've been here, Mike. Hmm. He just says that, and I immediately kind of was like furtively take out my phone and put that in, and it says renal failure, <laughs> like because like. Um, is your skin itchy and dry? Are you feeling uh, nauseated and and uh, and sick and and uh, lightheaded and and you haven't peed? You're having full kidney failure. I'm all <laughs> well. I'm having full kidney failure now. The doctor missed it, and I'm going to die. I think I need to go back to the urgent care. And Cameron's yeah. like, "Do not go back to the urgent care. <laughs> Do not." And I go, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to call my friend Hector, who's a doctor." Yeah. And talk to him. And I call Hector, and Hector's like, what? <laughs> he goes, look, the fact that you're able to talk to me means you're not having full kidney failure. Yeah. Like, it, that happens, and then you're passed out. Like, you can't talk. Right. You know? And I go, he goes, no. He goes, you're dehydrated, and you have heat exhaustion. He goes, just based on talking to you, based on what you're telling me, I'm not there. You know, he's even covering his ass there. He yeah. goes, I'm not there, but based on what you're telling me, it sounds like you just have standard. He's all, when you're dehydrated and have heat exhaustion, yes, you don't want to drink water, but you have to drink water. Mm-hmm. And he goes, your blood sugar is actually high because your body's in shock yeah. from what you're going through. He goes, just literally just chill, right? And that, that does nothing. So finally, it's time for my Xanax prescription to be done. We also are supposed to go to a concert that night, but it's super tense between me and Cameron. Oh, no, no, sorry. On the way back to, the, on the way back to get the right in, I go, I'm stopping at the urgent care. So I stop at the urgent care. I go, hey, can I see the doctor? I have a question. The doctor's like, yes. And I go, I think I'm having full kidney. He didn't even let me finish the sentence. He's like, you do not have full kidney failure. You have heat exhaustion and dehydration. Have you gotten the Xanax yet? Take a Xanax and yeah. shut the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> so I go and pick up the Xanax. I pop the Xanax immediately. But it's half an hour to kick in. We're having we, – we sit down to dinner. I don't even want to eat food. Cameron's eating like chicken wings or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I call you. And I don't know you can tell me more about what I said when I called you, but well, pretty much you just asked all the questions you talked about here, and then 
um, I basically agree with Hector, agreed with Hector. I said pretty yeah. much the same thing. Like kidney failure, also like it's not going to happen. Because yeah, yeah, that's one Hector's, bad day. Yeah, Hector's <laughs> like you don't get acute kidney failure <laughs> overnight. Yeah, uh, you don't have it because you went on a hike. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, but for some reason when I talked to you, maybe it was the. Um, Xanax. The Xanax I immediately felt better. And I, as soon as I come yeah. back inside, I'm a di- Cameron's like, it was like a different human being. Good. Walked inside and we had a, gr- we went to the concert after that. We had a, gr- oh my God, Mike, we had a fantastic time at this concert. We danced and we sang and we had a good time. And then we drove back to the campground and, um, it was just a really romantic ride back to the campground, and we get. Sounds to the camp- like I need to get my hands on some Xanax. I know. <laughs> we get to the campground. We're looking at the stars, and we're just really, really just into each other. And this is my favorite moment of the whole trip. Is you know, Cameron's had a little bit to drink. I didn't really because I didn't want to. And uh, uh, he goes, "Listen, uh, you want to go to Mars?" And I go. What? And he goes, you want to go to Mars? He goes, I built a rocket ship. And he grabs me by the hand, and there's like a cactus, I don't know, 20 feet behind us. And we go by the cactus, and he goes, and he puts his arms around me. He goes, put your arms around me. Mm-hmm. And I put my arms around him, and then he puts his mouth to my ear, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm taking you to Mars. That, that was the cutest thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And that was my favorite moment of Joshua Tree. And so that was Joshua Tree. I was a complete crazy person. Sounds like you were kind of crazy, Joe. Mike, I'm, this is one of the things I'm finding out is I'm, I'm learning more and more in this relationship that I am a legitimate crazy person. Well, I think that – yeah, I mean you – let's be honest. You've been single for a while. Yes. And there's something about – I mean when you're – in a relationship, like that person has to be has to agree with your craziness. But like, uh, let, let me rephrase that: when you're in a relationship now, and someone has to let you get get away with being crazy, or not let you get away with being crazy, so you're kind of being confronted on some of the crazy. Because before you would suffer, in, you would maybe have these hypochondriac sort of like. Uh, episodes mm-hmm. and you would call someone and they would tell you you're crazy but then you would hang up the phone and then that would be that and you could continue to be crazy and let it kind of fade away mm-hmm. but now you're like spending a lot of time with one individual i don't know i think it's different yeah i mean that's one of my big concerns i'm really really been look i don't think i can cure myself of the craziness just yet I I need to really, really work on that. But I think the immediate thing I've been trying to work on, and I'm not succeeding all the time, is limiting Cameron's exposure to the craziness. (laughs) Does that make sense? Sure. Look, I'm not always successful. I'm I'm going to say I'm I'm batting only 40%, okay? But so I have to give him credit is – He's never – I mean I will read into things, but he's never given me any indication that he hates me or anything like that. But I will read into it. Right. I don't know how often you're exposed to that, but I'm I'm very like, oh my god. Oh, you mentioned this. I'll be like, oh my god, he hates me because he didn't call me since noon or something. Yeah. But Joe, you even do it like, oh, he will call you at noon, but you're like – Oh, he called me exactly when he said he would. That must be a sign that he <laughs> wants me to die. <laughs> and 
That's I know, how crazy you I are know, sometimes. I know. And I, I really, I, re- I, I, that's, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. You know, I, I, I made Cameron record a, uh, a message to me. Um, do you know this? No. Like a, your mother will always love you, even though she won't be with you. Like a yes, <laughs> just in case um, he dies. Well, no, 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 no. Whenever I'm, uh, which is funny, I have to remember. Cameron, I'm uh, not Cameron. Richard actually reminded me to the other day. I was like bothering Richard with about Cameron stuff, and he was like, "Do you have that message on you?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, here. Let me see if it, if it plays in the microphone." It's kind of like uh, something you would do for an Alzheimer's patient. Like, oh, Mom, they... we're going to come and visit you. We visit you every Wednesday. Yeah, hold so on. just be patient. We love you. Hey, Boo, even though you're forcing me to do this right now, I want you to know that I love you, and you're being crazy, and I will talk to you really soon. Cute. <laughs> so I'm supposed to play that whenever I feel insecure. Uh, did you learn that from a therapist? It sounds very... New agey therapy, sort of. No, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that somehow was maybe stuck in my consciousness and I pulled it out of there. Anyway, what else is going on with you, Mike Lawson? The people are going to get a long uh, show today. Yeah, not nothing big. I just uh, quit my job and got a new one. What? <laughs> I was completely unaware that you quit your job and got a new one. Yeah. Because well, we haven't talked in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is... Um, Probably since January, the nonprofit that I used to work at has kind of been courting me, and um, there's been conversations. You Joe, would they take you out in the veranda and like you guys would sit mint juleps in the back? Yeah, um, I can't even continue that joke because I have really no idea what you're going for. What's <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like, like in southern, like when you said they were courting you, so I was imagining like yeah. old, like southern, like um, antebellum courtship. Oh. Yeah, just like that. And so <laughs> since January, you and I have been talking about it. So yeah. this is not news to you. But um, the the job that I had was not a bad job at all. Um, but the job that I'm going to be doing, I'm a little more excited about. Um, I was able to kind of negotiate my way into something better than I had there before, which is cool. So like my mm-hmm. responsibilities would be more, but the money is a little bit better too. And um it, it it's all good. Like everything is good. Uh, but I, my last day at the labor union where I was doing marketing, that was on Friday. So I actually don't start at the nonprofit for another two weeks. I kind of wrote in a two week vacation. Oh, you get a little myself. vacation there. Yeah. So it all works out, uh, really well. Um, part of me wanted maybe to drive back to Phoenix and see some folks that might be on the agenda for a few days. I don't know mm. for sure though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that sounds like a good idea right now. And then you're going to be in Phoenix going like, what did I do? But if I drive there, I can just like hang out for a day, go see some folks locally and then drive home. Stop in LA. Maybe. See your pal Joe. I don't know very many people in LA. <laughs> well, now that I have this place, you could stay at this place. Okay. I mean, it's totally a possibility. Um, a weird side story is I'm flying to Tampa in June, and I had originally told my parents that I would stop on the way home from Tampa in Phoenix to see them. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm going to start this new job, I'm not going to be able to do that, right? Like yeah, because weren't you doing software. Tampa for your job? No. Oh. No, I'm speaking at a conference that's diabetes-related, actually. 
Oh, so. oh, oh, oh. So you're not gonna be, you're still going to Tampa. You're just not going to be able to stop in Phoenix. Yeah. Just like extending by the yeah. few extra days like I had wanted to isn't yeah. really an option. I mean, I could probably make the argument that I had a vacation planned, but I don't know. I just have too much to do, I think, once I get back. So, yeah. Uh, but that means that, you know, I'm going to be doing more diabetes stuff online again, which I've kind of missed out on. It also means that I'm not going to have to work for a political organization during a general election, which I was kind of not looking forward to at all. So, well, that's also a good thing. not, I mean, it seemed like you enjoyed working at the, at the union, but it did seem, it didn't seem right. It seemed that you sort of feel like you belong in a diabetes, yeah. uh, space. Yeah. I, you're right. It, there was nothing wrong with it. I just wasn't really passionate about it. Like I never left that job happy. So I never at the end of the, at the end of the day felt like, oh, I just did something great today. Mm-hmm. So my boss took it really poorly at the end. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, like very, he took it very personally. And in fact, when I told him, uh, he was like, oh, sounds like your mind's already made up. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, all right, well, uh. Nice talking to you, Mike. And he hung up on me. (gasps) (laughs) I know. But then, I mean, we eventually did have a conversation and he was like cordial and joking and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I just think when I initially told him, he was shocked and hurt. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was only there for uh, like seven months, uh, which isn't long at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I I sat down to write my six-month review Mm -hmm. and in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope that I get this offer from the nonprofit so I don't have to do this stupid review because I don't feel like – I don't care about, you know, what I want to start, stop, and continue or whatever the fuck they make you do on reviews, you Mm -hmm. know? I don't even know what you're talking about. Really, I just – I know you don't, but people with jobs (laughs) understand. There's a story in the next episode – uh, that deals where I just I had that I won't bring it up in the next episode, but there was a, a person who's looking for a job in the next episode. Okay, and I say to him, I go, "Oh, so what's it like to look for a job?" Or <laughs> how, no, I go, "How does someone find a job?" And he goes, well, "I'll tell you when I find one." I go, "No, no, no! Like, how does somebody actually go about looking for a job?" And they were like, "What?" I go, yeah. "You have to understand something. I interviewed for one job one time when I was eighteen uh, for the Prince Interview, and I've never done anything else like that again." Nothing that required an interview. Well, not like that kind of interview. Like, obviously, every time a parent hires me for tutoring, oh yeah, yeah, I'm being interviewed, but it's it's different. I'm it's almost like a mutual interview, so um, it's a different kind of thing. But I've never sat down and they go like, uh, what, do, "What? Why do you want to work for uh, our, you know, uh, uh, Larry H. Parker? I don't know." And <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's um. I've never had that kind of interview. Your perspective might, though, be beneficial to somebody because, like, a job interview should be a mutual interview. Like, when you go in to interview for a job, you should be, as an applicant, be watching the place and, like, trying to see if that's a place you want to work at. And they want to hire you. Just like a, a tutoring student who calls you, they want you to be their tutor. Well, also, I've hired people. So I've been on the interview on the other end, and you're right. I've always told people, I go, like... We want you. We want to like you because you make our job easier if you're good, right? So yeah. anyway, um, go ahead. What cool. you were saying? So that's that's it. I'm done there. I have a couple weeks off. That's why we're going to record twice this week because we both can. Um, but it's good. I mean, I had a to do list of about 15 items that things I want to do in the next two weeks, and I've already done at least 10 of them. So that's yeah. exciting. Uh, well, you know, um, 
that's why I like this episode because I like recording earlier. Um, yeah. So this, it'll be nice this week to be able to record earlier. Yeah. Because usually and with by my eight- new with my new uh, job, maybe I can work in so that I have some mornings free so we could do this too. Yeah, because. Uh, uh, usually when we've been doing it since Mike worked at the at the union, it'd be like well, I can record it like nine o'clock at night, and I'd be like, yeah. "What?" Okay. Yeah, I go to bed at nine o'clock. Steve made some noodles. All right. <laughs> um, Steve. Have, by the way, Steve's never made noodles in any of your stories. No, never. Does Steve ever make noodles? Yeah, he doesn't cook. He doesn't cook a lot though. Um, did we? Yeah, he here's the funny thing: he that I'm going to have to go back and listen to the past few episodes. Did we talk about my visit to the Bay Area? I don't remember. Because <laughs> we saw each other in the Bay. I don't think we talked about that. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and see what we missed. Because I went to the Bay Area. We hung out. Uh, yeah, I don't think we talked about that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So okay. So, uh, Mike Lawson, what's going on in the Bay Area? What's going on in the news? What's, what's, oh my what's gosh, your story? Stories. Um, I have two news stories. You choose one, and I'm okay. going to tell the other one on the episode record later. I w- Mike, that was my plan, too. Okay, good. Okay. So, the first one is about a white rights rally Sure. Uh, in Berkeley. The second okay. one is about restaurant worker shortage. They're both kind of boring, actually. I'm going to go with the restaurant worker shortage. Oh, good. Um, and you know what? I might change the right, white rights rally story if I find a better one. But anyway, uh, San Francisco. While San Francisco's restaurant scene continues to be hot, the pool of candidates to fill open positions is cooling down. Help <laughs> – Help wanted signs are posted all over, and for the first time, they're staying up for months. Uh, And a quote by this uh, restaurant owner is, It's expensive to live in San Francisco right now, and if you're a cook making $30,000 a year, it's a hard decision to stay in the industry. So one bedroom in San Francisco is going for like $3,000 a month, so restaurant owners admit that they simply can't afford to pay employees enough to live in the city where they work. Um, It's just an interesting challenge where – I think that I mean that's been this way f- for a really long time, where people would commute in to do uh, minimum wage jobs. But now it's getting to the point where, like, we're we're struggling to even find people to do these jobs, and yeah. it's hard to get staff together and everything. And those in the industry say that those in the industry say that a possible solution may be to rise raise prices for consumers to then increase salaries in the kitchen. Um, but I. D- what do you think about all this? San Francisco, by the way, has the highest minimum wage in the state of California. Yeah, point. but but the but the housing is so incredibly high. Yeah, the price is like they'd have to pay them so much money per year just to get a cook to come in. Well, I think what's uh, not mentioned in the story is that rent in the entire Bay Area is now so high. So once upon a time, yeah. I could be a, a waiter or I could be a busboy at a restaurant in San Francisco but live in Oakland or live in the East yes. Bay somewhere where I could commute in. But now rent is even high in Oakland. So now, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but I had an opportunity to um, live in the Bay Area uh, for a season. Uh, someone yeah. wanted me to do SAT tutoring for a season. They offered me really good money actually, really, really, really good money. And I was like, you know what? This will be a good time to like make some money and, and, li- and, I go, and I'll live – 
Oh, because they wanted me to work in um, what's the area above Mill Valley? It's super rich. Sure, I don't know, but that area by Mill Valley, right? Okay. So I'm like, okay, that's not in the city. Yeah. You know, I could probably totally get a place. I'm like, so I put my price points on Craigslist just to kind of get a sense of the area. I'm like, they had me like in Truckee, <laughs> like in like like Tracy, California, or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, what? And yeah. and then I was looking at like areas that were like San. I was thinking like maybe San Rafael might be kind of cute. Oh my god, it was so expensive and that's not but you know what's so funny you know what's so ironic mike lawson what is uh mike lawson i mean adam vaught's boathouse room would have been perfect right Mm -hmm. so but you know adam vaught was living there at the time so i politely declined the offer because i couldn't find a place to live right and uh the person you we moved on um Adam Vaught got a job in Mountain View and moved out. And I know, I mean, I know the roommate a little bit. I think she, look, she would have raised the rent from what Adam Vaught was paying. Adam Vaught was getting a really sweetheart deal. But even yeah. if she would have, like, doubled the rent, which I would have easily paid, it would have still been super cheap. Totally. Right? And um, I would have gladly paid it, you know? And uh, he moved out, like, right afterwards. This I could have totally lived there. This is why, well, I think, I mean, Steve and I are not talking about moving in together, but, like, both of us have found a place that we for the most part enjoy living in and we are now at a point where rent is getting uh rents are increasing all around us and our rent is not increasing or at least not at the rate you know and places are around us Uh so like i don't really have an option necessarily to leave um or if i did it would be you know cost a lot so like I, I think the two of us are just going to live in our separate places for a really long time because we're so afraid of losing this rent. Well, that's actually the situation that I'm in right now is I'm actually subletting a place. This is where I'm leaving right now. Oh. I'm subletting a place. And the people who actually – are friends of mine who actually have the lease, they're in Maine for the foreseeable future. They, they're – I – I don't see a future where they're coming back, right? They just don't want to let go of the... Yeah, because LA's, really, LA's gotten bad. And so their rent is so good that they realize if they give this place up, they're not getting back in. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah. So they it's better for them just to keep it. Well, maybe I could find something like that then. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to live alone. That's kind of on my list of things, of wants. I'm going to tell you something. As someone who's done it most of my life... Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of awesome. But I remember the first time I was going to live on my own, my friend Jonathan, this is years and years ago. He was like, I don't know if you should do it. And I was like, why? He's like, you're going to be so lonely. And I'm like, hmm. Meanwhile, he was totally projecting his own fears because I lived on my own and it was the most wonderful thing ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've lived al- in Phoenix. I lived alone. My second place in Phoenix was um, all mine. And yeah. I liked it. It's not I mean, yes, I understand the loneliness, but part of my part of me like really likes that, you know, if I want to talk to with somebody, I have to choose to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having conversations in the kitchen with, you know, about the weather when mm-hmm. I don't want to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, you know, but we'll you know see. what's so weird is when I went to the Bay Area, Adam Vaught kind of let me stay at his place. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, oh my god, this is, we have to tell the Bay Area stories. We haven't talked about this. Okay, I, I'm going to put on the Trello. Okay. So, never mind. So, okay, scratch this for Bay Area stories. Thank you. 
What about you? Any news stories? Oh, are we in news? (laughs) Do you have any news stories to tell, Joe? It's like already a four-hour episode. (laughs) Yeah, I do have a news story to tell. I'm going to give you two choices. Hold on. Oh, good. Um... Um, all right. Okay. So here are your, um, here are your headlines, Mike Lawson. Um, okay. First one, Muslim student misidentified as ISIS in Los Osos High yearbook or plane crashes on a roof of Pomona office building. Let's go with the ISIS, uh, misidentification story. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump around on this one. It's a long story. The Council on American Islamic Relations is calling for an investigation into an incident in which the wrong name was was printed beneath a yearbook photo of a Muslim student at Los Osos High School. That happens. Ba- okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It happens. Wrong name. Sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes if the name is like Ruth, they might accidentally put like Ruben. You know. You never know. Yeah. Right? Or like maybe they accidentally put Michael because she's like next to Michael, so they're yeah. Like, her name's oh. Michelle or something. Yeah, Bayan Zelif. Okay, Bayan seems like a normal name. Ze- not normal, but you know it's a nice name. Zelif, a Muslim student who wears a hijab, found her photo in the school yearbook with the name of another student. Oh, okay. You know what? Nope, you're wrong mm-hmm. though. I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say they wrote Isis Phillips, but there's another Isis Phillips at the school, right? yeah. And that's just an accident. But it turns out there isn't an Isis Phillips at the oh, school. Oh, there isn't. The school told in their public uh, announcement they said, "Uh, misunderstanding. They accidentally put another student's name there." But when they said another student, what they meant was it was potentially the name of another student, but it wasn't actually. There's no Isis student at the school. Oh, there isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the story. I'm, I'm reading the story as I. I just saw the headline. Okay, wait. So, okay, the name of another Isis last Phillips. We, Go ahead. Okay, oh, but, but this story could be old. I, I, when as soon as the story got published, I just put it in the in the Flipboard. Yeah. But maybe it got re- updated because right, this story only has uh, the fact that you know they're going to correct it. That because it says Isis Phillips in the eleventh grade, mm-hmm. but um. But, uh, oh, so you're saying that you read that there's no Isis Phillips. Yeah, I'm Googling around to see if I can confirm that right now. But the school officials say it was a misprint and a student named Isis Phillips did attend the school. That's what they're saying. 11 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's exactly what they did. They go, look at her with her, you know, her little head, her hijab. You know, and they're gonna go. Her, she's so ISIS, and they put ISIS. They put it, high school kids are little dicks. Yeah, the yearbook committee said they are extremely sorry, and they should have checked each name carefully. You know, they did like sorry. Yeah, <laughs> while they're laughing, yeah. only two hundred eighty-seven of the yearbooks were distributed to students in the schools working to have the error corrected. You know, it's gonna be a sticker over her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna make it worse. Yeah, they're gonna black out her name, or like, yeah, it's gonna be something crazy. And a kind of cool showing of support. Students have started correcting the yearbook and posting photos of it on social media. So they're like scratching it out and writing her real name. And I think that that's kind of lovely. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I, the, what I heard initially was that there isn't actually an ISIS at the school, but I could. I'm not finding confirmation of that, so I could be wrong. But yeah, it's very important we get that confirmed. Did you see this school in Mesa? 
um, I actually have one of my, the way I found out about the story originally is a boys and girls club member who's a senior at this high school in Mesa, um, posted what's up with the yearbook and what is the error that they're, uh, confiscating the yearbooks for. So oh, I, I heard about bit. this. Yeah. So it turns out in the football, uh, the photo of the football team, one of the boys in the picture to pull this dick out and you could see his dick in the picture it's oh i've never seen it you can actually see the dick it's so tiny i mean the picture is small because it's the entire football team yeah so it's a little itty bitty weenie but he's underage um and the the i mean police i wasn't looking for that picture (laughs) he's underage but also he got charged initially i think that the charges were dropped they were like um ironically 69 cases of lewd uh showing your junk to kids underage because there were 69 uh-huh. other people in the photo um which sounds like a setup but it's not uh so he he got the charges dropped last i heard playgirl invited him to do a spread isn't that a thing that happened did they really? I don't know. Let me see here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact check now. You, I get to fact check you. Like, I, yeah. I think he must be 18. Because they would. Why would you offer to a 17 year old? Um, what was the name? It's like Mesa High School Football. Weenie. I don't. I don't see anything. Let me look in their news. I don't see anything about Playgirl. Oh, I I did. I'm I'm sure you. you I'm not thinking you're lying. Yeah, he was offered a spread in Playboy. I don't know Playgirl. I don't know if he like went this, for it. This this 21 year old who was anymore? they found his body is kind of cute. Oh wait, no, I opened. He's not that cute. Who's reading Playgirl anymore? Like, is that a thing that people look at? It's like yeah, who who reads? Because you can just either because either you're gay and you're seeing porn, or you're closeted and you're getting like um. Uh, You're still Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch or porn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine old gay men or something like that who don't know any better. I just want to see one picture. I want to see one picture of a guy with his shirt off and his jeans ripped. Yeah. And a flaccid penis. I don't don't think they're hard in Playgirl. Yeah. It's boring. Like they don't even show their booties. Did you say booties? (laughs) Yeah. Um, cool. Do you got anything going on before we record again that you want to talk about? Before we before we record again, no, because we're recording tomorrow. But um, this week, I am going to see RuPaul's Drag Race finale. So I'll probably mention that again tomorrow. Cool. Uh, I'm going to that. But that's the only thing I have going on this week at all right now. But you know, Mike, I am here in Los Angeles. I'm single. I'm ready to mingle in a new part of L.A., in a, in a really cool part of L.A. So who You're knows single? what will happen? Oh, that's right. I'm not single. (laughs) Yeah, you're bad at this. (laughs) Um, Cool. (laughs) I have I have the week off, uh, so I'm going to be doing. uh, I did so much on my to do list today. I have a a little bit uh, more to do, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to kind of just be doing my own thing. I'm going to watch the second season of Silicon Valley. That's on the list. I just finished. Oh, uh, the second uh, season's not very good, but the third season has been really good. I just finished the comeback. Do you know this? Should I watch that show? No, it the final episode. So they did mm-hmm. two seasons. Yeah, the final episode, and I'm not talking like oh, Modern Family made me laugh and made me cry within the same thirty minute episode. Mm-hmm. On this final episode, 
I was literally laughing and crying at the exact same moment, and it was uncontrollable. It was so good. The the Emmy episode. Anyone who lis- who's listening who's seen it, the Emmy episode. Oh my god, it's Joe. Really good. I think that it's. I think you maybe might enjoy it even a little bit more just because it kind of has a lot to do with the ego of Hollywood and mm-hmm. they deal with it really well. There's also a lot of layers to the show because it's about this actress, Valerie Cherish, who's played by an uh, actress that has a lot in common with the the character she plays, but it's exaggerated. But then the second season has a whole nother layer where she gets an HBO show where she plays herself, kind of an exaggerated character of herself. Mm-hmm. And she's an, it's just so good, Joe. Really good. Okay. I, would say, I have so many, sh- Mike. I, in fact, as you know, before we started, I ordered on Amazon Prime now, I ordered a Blu ray player because I don't have one here. Oh, cool. And uh, I, because John Paul lent me uh, Mr. Robot. Have you watched this show? Yeah, love it. That twink is so fucking hot. I've never watched it. I haven't yeah. watched it. I need a Blu-ray player. But I, did you know he's 34? I believe. Watch the show and I think you'll see it. Okay. I think maybe in like photographs and stuff he looks a little bit younger. Okay. But. And then um, – and then. Uh, he, by so the way, I, I, I don't disagree that he's hot. But like he kind of looks like – well, and it might be the character he plays in the show too. Kind of Asperger's or – oh, you like that though. I just thought of that. You might I actually do? like that. Yeah, you like them if they're kind of like mentally incapable of understanding <laughs> the world. Yeah, I do actually, Mike Watson. I do, I do like that. Look, if, Mike, here's the thing. Nico Martinez, when we were at this whatever con, Wonder Con, agreed yeah. with me when I showed him the guy that looked spend like. Your, spend your money con. Which is, yeah. <laughs> which I went to this drag race. I did went to this drag con. Oh, God, did. I have so many stories. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. Because now I'm realizing I have a Bay Area story and I have to tell the story about. You know what? Let me tell. I'm going to add an extra story right now because it's so short and it's not worth a story on its own. Okay. But do you remember last year, everyone listening, I know you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, Trevor, we went to the Hollywood Bowl and yeah. and, and uh, he left his picnic basket and everything there. Yeah. Well, now I live much closer to the Magic Castle. The Magic Castle does a Friday lunch. Okay, uh-huh. so I was home on Friday, and I said, "You know what? I'm here. Let's go to the Friday lunch." And so I text Trevor, and I say, "Hey, do you want to meet me at the Magic Castle for the Friday lunch? He lives right by there." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally do that. Can do you mind if my friend like Matt comes?" Right? Mm-hmm. I go, "No, but no problem." So we go to the Magic Castle, and uh, for just for lunch, we're there for like an hour, watch a magic show. No big deal. Good times, right? Trevor goes, you want to join? I want you to see my new place. So go and get an Uber with me. We'll go to my place, right? Yeah. We get in the Uber. We're going back. I've heard that one before. (laughs) I know. We get in the Uber. We're on our way to to Trevor's apartment, right? Meanwhile, just so you know, he and I are talking at the Magic Castle. He goes, uh, I go, what are you doing later? And he goes, well, I don't know if I want to tell you. And I was like, "Uh, Why? I don't want you talking about it on your podcast. <laughs> he and sounds I go, like a Femi Joey Boohecker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In real life, he does, too. So I go, I don't want you talking about it on your podcast. And I go, okay, I won't talk about it on the podcast. So he tells me what it is. Like, it is so fucking boring. Okay. It's like he said, like, I have to go to the post office. Right. Right? And I was like, okay. Okay, you have my word. I won't talk about this on my podcast. Right? Right. <laughs> so now we're in the Uber. And he tells he, – he gets a text message. And he looks – I can tell – I'm in the front seat. But I can tell he's looking at the text message. He goes, oh, Matt, uh, I got some good news. 
you know that cocktail festival or whatever um a, a, a ticket opened up and you can go now and matt's like oh sweet what happened he goes uh my friend brian had a heart attack <laughs> great news trevor <laughs> yeah i go oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so so he can't go mm-hmm. and i go this is the cra-. i go trevor that's going in the podcast not your boring story that you told me earlier <laughs> this is going to go because then he goes he, he sees me writing on my phone he goes what are you writing your phone i go what you just said cause i gotta put in the podcast yeah yeah that's funny because i like I'm, i know i'm gonna forget yeah good news uh, you can go to this cocktail thing. My friend Brian had a heart attack. <laughs> so tomorrow, Joey, we'll catch up again about the same time? Or uh, Go oh. to hell, Mike. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at podcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.